0: Hello and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Uh, one of the things that I've said is that we need to pray with the right understanding of what prayer is, what's our purpose of prayer, we have to understand our authority in Christ, and we should understand our calling as believers in order to function in prayer correctly. Now, what's interesting is a lot of people, to that st- those statements that I just make, would say, I'm sure it's not that difficult. I'm sure we should, like you're making it too complicated. Surely you don't have to understand all of that and what I would say in response to that is you don't have to understand everything. But what did Jesus say? He didn't say go make converts. He said go make disciples of all nations. Okay. A disciple is someone who's growing in their knowledge of God and in their knowledge of the word. And uh, they're starting to, become, to look. They are, the moment you get born again, you're just like Jesus. But now a, a, a disciple is a Christian who's growing to look like him more and more. And in order for that to happen, it doesn't happen because you've been a Christian for an amount of time. It happens because as a Christian, you're getting into the Word, you're receiving good teaching, and you're growing. You're embracing the truths that are offered to you. And so prayer is one of those things that we can't just assume we know how to do it. It's something that we've got to learn. Because, I mean, there are some wrong ways to pray. For example, if you want to pray for someone to die, that's wrong. God doesn't answer a prayer like that okay? The other guy does. The devil. (laughs) And so if you're praying a prayer, it doesn't matter if you're addressing God and you're finishing it in the name of Jesus. If you say, may they die, you're working with the devil on that case. And so there are some stupid prayers that we could pray and people do pray, but that's one of the very extreme examples, maybe, of what we need to, uh, uh, why we need to learn, why we need to grow in our understanding of uh, all these things. So, you know, for us to be able to be effective in prayer we must have the right foundation okay by understanding like I said our relationship with God last week I mentioned this and I said you know relationship with God is the foundation for effective prayer Um, and with that understanding his true nature and then the authority that we have and that's something we spoke about last week but prayer can really accomplish a lot if we do it right Now with that statement, we can easily get into condemnation, which I don't want you to do. We can easily feel like, oh, well, I wonder if I'm doing it right or wrong. Just keep doing it. Whatever you're doing, keep doing it. And then keep growing and learning. And if you find that you're doing something that's not good or something that's not as good as it should be, then change. But don't stop praying. Whatever you're doing to pray, keep doing it. If you're not doing it, start it. And then if you find like, oh... I've been praying for people to die and I shouldn't. Then just change and then do something else. And that's just the, the most extreme example I can think of. But, you know, Lord, I pray that I would uh, be able to rob this bank. That's also another stupid prayer. Okay? <clears throat> God doesn't work like that. But the, 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 one of the things we've said here is that God never intended, God never intended for prayer to fail. Think about that for a moment. You know, God never intended for prayer to fail. So every prayer is meant to have an answer. And the answer isn't no ever. I mean, you might pray a stupid prayer like, may I win the lottery? And what would how would God answer that? He doesn't answer that prayer. So that's not prayer. That's what I'm trying to show you. Prayer according to the word is always, it always works. It's always. But but when, when we're not praying according to prayer's purpose, then it will fail. But you can't call that prayer then, because it wasn't prayer. Okay. And a, a good point to make on this is healing isn't prayer. Healing and prayer, you don't pray for healing. So when we say that prayer always works, there, there, there's, a, there's a part that we need to understand that prayer is sometimes talking to God. It's sometimes asking making requests yes that's a very small part of prayer which we'll talk about but it's relationship and then you could also call prayer operating in your authority to release healing or to speak healing or to 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 work with god's power to perform miracles and things like that but that's not so much a god please heal so and so that's not prayer god please heal me is not a prayer God's power for healing, and this is a whole other topic, is placed in us as believers, and then we need to operate in that power. Okay, but that's another whole topic altogether. But there should never be prayer that goes unanswered. For example, a good prayer is, Father, show me the way I should go. God, God, show me what direction I need to be in. And I'm not talking about you getting in your car now and you're going home god knows you know the way home so so don't pray and ask him that like he might prompt your heart and go hey go a different route don't get into fear about that just follow the prompting okay he doesn't ever lead with fear he's not going to tell you there's a major tragedy if you go that route he won't he doesn't deal with you like that the devil does that he never leads in fear but he might just prompt your heart he he doesn't care what you what clothes you're going to put on tomorrow morning as long as you put some on Okay, so don't get nitpicky about, God, lead me as to what clothes should I wear. Okay, well, I'm talking about, Father, I've got big decisions to make. Should I take this job? Should I take that job? Should I live here? Should I live there? You know, things like that, even with regards to uh, choosing a spouse and stuff, you know, things like that, we need to pray about them. Okay, don't over-spiritualize it, that's another story too. We need to pray about things like that. But here's the point. Jesus has provided everything that we need in redemption. Not everything we want. But in redemption, He's he's provided everything we need. So once we come to Christ and we're born again, there's no limits placed on us anymore because we're free from sin. Okay? Some of you are going to have to listen to this again and think about the statements that I'm making. But redemption is... is providing us freedom from sin now you might be sitting there going i don't feel free from sin that's just a lie you might be struggling with some kind of sin but that's just a lie you are free from sin sin doesn't have power over you if it's got any power you're giving it to it to sin okay but you know sin can no longer intimidate you harass you stop you or frustrate you in your relationship with god That's what I'm getting at. Like, we have this amazing potential for a super intimate, super fruitful relationship with God. A better relationship than Adam had with Him. We have that potential in the relationship because now we have Holy Spirit. We're one with Him. Okay? We're one with Jesus. And old mindset would creep in to think that if if you've got something wrong in your life, it's stopping you from having this intimate relationship. But Jesus paid for that wrong so you could have an intimate relationship. And the in, you know, we, we, we sometimes feel like I need to deal with certain things in order to have a good relationship with God. Anyone thought of that before? Yeah, I need to deal with these things and then I can have a good relationship with God. Here, here, here's a truth that can set you free. You need to have a good relationship with God to set you free from those things. You can't walk in freedom without a good relationship with God. Walking in freedom will not happen without the relationship. Okay, you've got to get the right order there. Let's look at 1 John 4, 17. In the New King James Version it says, Love has been perfected among us in, in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. So salvation is... Our relationship with God fully restored we're fully reconciled to him now think about that for a moment because this will affect the way that you pray you are not trying to be reconciled with God unless you're an unbeliever unless you're not a Christian but if you're a Christian you need to realize that God's not at odds with you even if in your mind You think that he is he's not against you the bible says he's for you not against you even when you've got a big mess in your life he's still for you he's not for the mess he wants to deal with that but he's for you okay so you know we stand before him perfect in christ and because of that we have every right to answer prayer When you're praying right. <laughs> when you're asking for the right thing. When you understand the purpose and you're flowing in that purpose. I mean, it, it's obvious to think about it in terms of church. A lot of people go to a church or even maybe you came to church for the wrong reasons. And those reasons, you might benefit from seeking those things, whatever they might be. But there's a bigger reason that most of us aren't unaware of and with regards to prayer, a um, giving... Uh, going to church and all of these things and we often don't experience what god's got for us in something because we don't understand the purpose of it another case in point a lot of people struggle in marriage because they don't understand the purpose of marriage okay so you've got to come to know the purpose of something not to neglect it or not to abuse it so seeing yourself like god sees you as he is so are we in this world that means right now not one day when you die but right now you're exactly like Jesus in your spirit you're exactly like Jesus isn't that awesome coming to that understanding should change the way you pray now the, the, the first example that just jumps up in my mind is we were driving back from uh, Stella church maybe two or three years ago and um, we, we which when we were living in um, Durbanville still, and uh, we took the Akuvangu off-ramp and as we took the off-ramp and we're getting to the traffic light on the off-ramp um i can't remember which way it was which but um someone didn't stop at a traffic at, at the traffic light and went and knocked the um mr delivery guy clean off of his motorcycle and he you know flipped and went on the floor and had it you know kind of that kind of pose on the floor and um So we parked our car on the side and, uh, you know, I didn't even have to think about it. Going to him and speaking life and praying automatically and things because this was something that I'm, I'm meditating on continuously. As he is, so am I in this world. So I wasn't praying in a sense of talking to God, but I was praying in a sense of releasing authority or using my authority to release God's power in the situation okay his shoes had been flung off his helmet had been flung off and he landed on the top so it was pretty bad and what his friend was in a motorcycle just ahead of him and bless his heart he came and pulled him up straight away before i even got to him when you should have obviously left him and uh and this guy was completely out of it his eyes were in the back of his head and all sorts of things like he was like You know not so good but prayed for him and then i i I was just speaking to him and ministering to him and he came around completely he came around completely and then when the police came i left and i phoned mr delivery to find out how he was and all this and he was released from hospital the same day so he was fine and i don't know you know you don't know how bad it could have been but it's like that's how god one of the ways god wants to work through us but it starts with seeing ourselves as god sees us because that's going to birth powerful prayer okay yeah regarding needs it's a prayer it's not wrong to pray for needs but it's not when we pray that god notices that we have a need think about that for a moment i'm sure everyone in here has some kind of need whether it's financial emotional i don't know what (laughs) you have some kind of need and the amazing thing is, is, when you started praying about it, it wasn't like God went, oh, wow, you have that need. Like, it doesn't work like that. Our prayers do not inform God of anything. And yet a lot of us pray as if our prayers are informing God. And if we realize that, we would spend less time talking about the problem and more time asking for a solution or speaking into the problem than we do, because a lot of us would tend to pray about the problem and not ask, you know, draw wisdom from God for the problem or speak with authority into the situation. You know, God knows what we need ahead of time. Think about that. <laughs> Think about this. Prayer doesn't move heaven. Heaven is there, but our prayers affect heaven, like I said last week. Okay. Prayer actually positions us to receive what God has provided. He's provided healing power in us, and so prayer can position our hearts to be able to receive or release that. Prayer positions us to be able to spend time being still and knowing that He is God, so we can hear His voice and know what direction we should go in. Because, I mean, think about it. One word from God can change everything. Hearing from God and knowing, ah, I should do this or do that or whatever... With regards to your business, with regards to finances, uh, family, relationships, etc. Matthew chapter 6, verse 7 to 8. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions <clears throat> as the heathen do. I like how the King James uses that heathen. You know, that's why I put it in there. <laughs> For they think that they shall be heard because of much speaking, but not. Ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knows what things you, need, you have need of before you ask Him. So the, the, the phrase there, vain repetitions, does not mean that you shouldn't pray more than once for the same thing. That's not what it means. It doesn't mean you can't pray twice for something. Okay, uh, um, Jesus prayed the same thing three times in the Garden of Gethsemane. Was it because of his unbelief? (laughs) There wasn't any unbelief there. He wasn't in doubt of God's will regarding the cross. Okay? He submitted himself to God and God's plan that would produce redemption. So saying the same thing more than once in prayer uh, um, doesn't cause a prayer to be unanswered. Because some of us have this mindset of if I ask twice or I speak twice or I deal with this twice in prayer... It's unbelief it's not going to happen. And, and, and there, there can be a big deception in there. You know, the word vain qualifies what Jesus is actually talking about. The word vain literally means speaking empty words. That's what He's talking about. Speaking empty words. It's like saying a lot of words without saying anything. Okay? Have you heard someone pray like that? They're saying a lot, but they're saying nothing. <laughs> You know, it's, um, it's, it's like describing your situation without making a request. We, we, that, that's what I was talking about earlier. We're talking about the problem and we're talking about the problem without asking God for the wisdom or, or speaking the solution into being. Okay, some people think that when the prayer is long, it's more effective. It doesn't work like that. You know? You could pray for an hour and it's super effective because you're engaged in it and you're stirring up the spirit within you and all of that. But someone who prays for an hour isn't necessarily more fruitful than someone who prays for five minutes. And I'm not advocating praying shorter. I'm talking about actually doing something fruitful. Using your words wisely. Because there's nothing wrong with praying for long. The effectiveness of prayer is what's important, not the duration. And when we're engaging in relationship with God, we wouldn't be watching the clock. Think about that. You know, if you're going for with a friend or with a spouse or someone like that, and you're going for a coffee or a meal or something, you've got to keep an eye on the clock because maybe you have another appointment. But you're not trying to get through that as quickly as you can. <laughs> Otherwise you're in trouble with that relationship. Okay? So, you yeah, Many people approach prayer like a formula or a magic spell. You've got to have the right words, the right incantation or whatever. You know, it needs to be said right and then the power will come. But what Jesus is saying with regards to vain repetitions is their heart needs to be in connection with that. We're not just saying words. There needs to be some faithful words. So faith comes from your heart. So something needs to be connecting there. Okay, so you know what Jesus is saying is that we shouldn't pray like the heathen, the Gentiles. The Gentiles do not pray to the living God. The unbelievers don't pray to, to God. They're just saying, oh God, help. They're, not, they're speaking to the wall. They're speaking to the, the floor. They're speaking to the roof. But in their hearts, if they were speaking to God, they would have been a believer. Think about that. They might might think they're speaking to God, but they're not. Because what, what does Hebrews 11 verse 6 say? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. If an unbeliever had faith, there wouldn't be an unbeliever. And because we as believers have faith, saving faith, we believed in what Jesus has done for us and what that's made us, now we please God. Think about that for a moment. I'm sure all of us have tried to please God during our Christian walk. And yet Hebrews 11 verse 6 shows us that because we've got saving faith, we've put our faith in Christ for salvation, we now please God. Now, with that understanding, if we pray, we need to come with it. It'll develop some boldness. We need to think, wow, I please God. Now I know that when I'm approaching God, when I'm speaking to God about something, I'm asking him for wisdom or whatever the case is. I know it's his delight and his pleasure. He wants to give it to me because I please him. He's not shunning me when I come to him, he's embracing me when I come to him. He's not hiding himself even for me. You know, some people say God's not hiding from you, but he's hiding for you. I didn't see that in the Bible. He's not hiding anything. He's revealed himself and he's wanting to just reveal more and reveal more. But he's not hiding. Okay? So, you know, unbelievers spend hours talking and crying and to idols that don't have breath. I'm talking about like people of different religions and faiths now. Those idols don't hear them. We pray to a living God who responds speedily. Why? Because we please Him. Because we're His children. Because He loves us. Okay? So, what Jesus is saying in this verse, let's read that verse again quickly. It says, but when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, the Gentiles, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. You know, One of the, 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 the vain repetitions that I've heard is when people are praying for other people and they're like, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Imagine I come and talk to you. Julius, 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 Julius. I'm, I'm, I'm going to Julius' shop and I'm wanting some meat. And I'm not saying, Julius, I'd like to buy however many kilograms of, of meat. I'm just saying, Julius, 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 Julius. And then you try and... Like, that's how some of us treat God. We must think about this logically. He's not some kind of deity who has no emotion and just up there somewhere, out there. He, he wants relationship with Him. Imagine a, a husband just going to a wife or a wife just going to the husband and just saying just, just that same kind of thing. I, I, marna, marna, marna. You know, it's a tongue twister eventually. But, but the point is is that, that there, there needs to be more than just saying one word on repeat for an hour. Okay? The first time I heard someone praying like that, I, I was like, what on earth are you doing? <laughs> like I put myself in God's shoes and I was like, God is more gracious than I am. That's amazing. (laughs) God is not uninformed of our needs. Remember that. Okay, He already knows. So your prayer is not trying to convince Him to provide something. Okay, He knows what you have need of. Your prayer isn't trying to persuade Him or anything like that. You don't need to emphasize how bad the situation is. You don't have to convince Him that it's bad. Because it doesn't matter how not bad it is, or how bad it really is, He wants to help you. He wants to deal with you. He wants to show His love and His goodness towards you, because He's a good Father. So when we come to God in prayer, with this kind of understanding, it's going to help us produce results. It's going to be more fruitful then. Okay? Prayer works when we pray according to the instructions given to us in the Word. And that's what we're looking at. We're going to be looking at more and more of these instructions. God doesn't respond to us because of the intensity of our problems. How many of you have been in in big problems and then you saw amazing things happen or you maybe didn't? God didn't respond because of the the intensity of the issues. I mean, there's many people in the world, many Christians who have serious issues and yet nothing's happening. God doesn't respond to need okay he doesn't technically respond to faith either (laughs) our faith doesn't move god god is always on he's always waiting he's always wanting to to just do something we are responding to his grace because he's moved and now we just need to see that and then receive from him you know god doesn't respond because of the pain we're going through or the fear that we're confronted with our situations and our problems don't move god okay God watches over His Word to perform it. God watches over His Word to perform it. So when we're praying in line with the Word, it's obviously going to produce something. Okay. So we'll be looking at some of these things in, in the, the next couple of weeks and we'll be looking at, at, at different things that Jesus taught and the apostles taught and I believe what it's going to do is position us to be able to receive 100% of the time. Okay, And then you might be asking, well, Shane, do you receive 100% of the time? And I'll answer you and say, I don't pray for needs. So yes, I do. (laughs) Because I'm not need-based in my prayer. My prayer is wisdom and relationship. I don't remember when I last prayed for needs. You know, sometimes when there's a need that pops up, I'm like, we need that, but I thank you, Father, you knew that. And I leave it there. And then... I'm just walking in continual faith that God's going to do something good. And I don't go and do the hint ministry of telling everyone what the need is. I just trust God and it works out. I know it sounds easier than it is because it is easy. (laughs) Like I said last week, prayer is more of a relationship than a request. Prayer is about connecting with the Father, knowing His heart. It's relationship. Okay? The believer who prays just according to their needs, or just according to the, the, the. You might have all your needs met, and you're just praying according to your desires. The, the believer who prays like that is immature and carnal, to put it gently. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, so this is a call to grow up in a sense of what are we praying for? Yeah, you know, if you're at the place where, where you just want to pray according to your needs, and just, you know, just, Lord, these are the desires of my heart, God loves you. God is gracious towards you. Keep going for it. But you know what? God delights in. Is when our we allow His desires to become our desires. And we're no longer praying according to what we desire. We're praying according to what He desires. You know what God desires? 1 Timothy 2, verse 4, I think it is. That all men be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. Imagine... If we take our agreement with God's desire and we're praying and living according to that, imagine the results and the fruitfulness that would come from that. Now God wants to look after us. I'm not saying He doesn't. And He wants us to enjoy life and, and all of that. Praise God. But I'm just saying, we've got to kind of think about what is the, uh, what is the predominant focus of our prayer time. Prayer, God intended prayer to be a means of communication and fellowship between Him and us now look at this Luke chapter 6 verse 12 from the Amplified Classic now in those days it occurred that Jesus went up to the mountain to pray and spent the whole night in prayer to God and spent the whole night in prayer to God now I remember years back in a church I was part of we had a I don't think it was an all night prayer meeting but it was um, I think we stopped at like 12 12 or something. So we went like from maybe seven or something up until twelve, and it really frustrated me, <laughs> because we, whilst we were praying, we could hear people in the town going out and having a. It was on a Friday night. People going out and having a great time and this and that. The next thing, and I was like, I, I understand at, the, at that stage not as much, but I understand the need for prayer and the importance of prayer. But it just felt like we were hiding from the world and just wanting to spend time with Jesus. That's what it felt like to me. That's not what we're talking about when we're talking about prayer. You know, Jesus, you know why I think he was praying at night? This is something I just thought of now. Do you know why Jesus was praying all night? Because that's when people were sleeping. A lot of the time, I I think he was giving up his sleep to to spend time in prayer so that when people were awake, he could minister to them. And yes, we we should sleep. He took naps. Okay, Martin's going to love that when she hears yeah. this. <laughs> but the point is is that you know, what do you think Jesus was doing all night while he was praying? What was he talking about? What, is he, what was the aim of his prayer? He couldn't have just been asking for stuff. I believe he was fellowshiping. I said this last week. I I trust we've all experienced something like this where you just forget about the time because you're talking to someone, someone you haven't seen in a long time or whatever, and you're like, all of a sudden, wow, it's 2 in the morning, or it's 3 in the morning, or whatever. We better get some sleep. Yeah, because whatever. And it's like, that's the kind of fellowship God wants us to enjoy with Him. That's the kind of fellowship He wants to enjoy with us. Okay, there was nothing that jesus needed to pray about okay so yes we we make our requests known unto god but the greater purpose of prayer is our relationship with him the greater purpose of our prayer is relationship with him and you might be thinking then what would i say (laughs) what would i say well that's where where tongues really becomes helpful because tongues according to jude i think it is, is is building us up in our most holy faith jude uh, uh, not jude the, the praying in tongues is building us up in our most holy faith it's strengthening us in the, in the inner man and it's keeping us in the love of god so it's refreshing us and i mean once you've got the discipline once you've once you're operating in the gift of tongues and you've got the discipline of being able to pray for tongues in a long period of time you actually have to stop yourself because you just want to keep going okay and that would be something refreshing. If you don't pray in tongues, we'd love to pray for you afterwards but, and minister to you on that. But our purpose in prayer is not to inform God about how bad things are or how much need we've got. God's not uninformed and He's not unaware. Okay, God knows everything before we bring it up. He, you know, so, so what's the point of praying then? Relationship. Relationship. Why do we need to pray and make requests known to Him? that's part of prayer well what we said last week about authority is important our in by us praying about needs praying into a situation we're inviting God to get involved otherwise he doesn't have the right to get involved because he's not sovereignly in, in charge of everything he's sovereign but he's not in charge of everything otherwise he's doing a bad job But there's a lot of mess in the world and maybe in your life because of decisions you've made or decisions other people have made that affected you. And so now God's got a perfect plan for your life, a perfect plan for everything that's happening. Us going, God, please intervene. God, please help. God, I invite you to, to lead me how to deal with this situation or whatever the case is. That prayer opens the door for God to come and now do something And He's been waiting to be able to do that. okay? Because remember, man has authority on earth, and God doesn't get involved in the earth without our praying or our invitation, our inviting Him to get involved. Prayer starts with relationship. Matthew 6, 9, uh, uh, an account of the Lord's Prayer. And He says, After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven. So, you know, what I want us to see there is that in the model prayer, he wasn't saying, this is how you should pray in terms of repeat this repeat this word for word. He's, he, he's, he's, we'll look at it another time, but he's teaching from a model, a, a structure. And what he's showing us right in the beginning is that relationship is the basis for prayer. Relationship is the basis for prayer. And if we understand this, It'll help us to operate in greater faith. Because then we realize God is a good father. I'm his child. It makes it uh, 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 um, uh, prayer much easier. Have you ever had to ask someone that you don't know? For something. Someone that maybe you're a bit intimidated of. You know, the unbeliever, or, or even a Christian who doesn't know God. Because lots of Christians don't know God. A Christian who doesn't know God might be intimidated of him. like I can't ask God for anything i can't talk to god like that i can't you know because they don't know him but if we know him then we we have the freedom to ask We, we, we kind of feel bold so for our prayer to be effective we need to be convinced of relationship with god and of the character and the nature of the person we're speaking to think about that for a moment james 1 verse 5 now we're going to see god's that the nature of God revealed is, if any of you lack wisdom, New King James, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally. How many does God give to? All. All. Liberally. Freely. Without reproach. We're going to talk about that in a moment. And it will be given uh, uh, to Him. The New Living puts it like this. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God. And He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Okay? Most pickles that we get ourselves into, (laughs) most jams that we find ourselves in, okay, most negative situations, it's because of bad decisions. Most of them, not all. Okay? It was either our bad decision or someone else's bad decision that affected us. Most of the time. You know what this is showing us? is that in all those situations, we probably need wisdom. So that should be the primary thing we're, ask, we're praying about in any situation. Is, God, I need your wisdom for the situation. And this is, what, this is really awesome. It says, Let him ask of God who gives to all liberally. This statement is describing God's nature. This statement is describing God's nature. He is the giving God. He is the generous God. So that's, that's how, the, 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 in the Greek, it's trying to bring across this idea of God is generous always. He's the giving God. So the, I, I like how the New Living puts it there. Because it doesn't just say, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally. It says, ask our generous God. So it's putting generous and God together. God is never not generous. So when we approach prayer from that position of God is generous, faith rises. Boldness comes. Okay? So He is the generous God. You know why? Because before you ask, He's already provided. The wisdom isn't manufactured out of thin air when you need wisdom. It's it's there. It's waiting for you. The grace that you need is waiting for you. The answer that you need is waiting for you. Okay? Then there's that that, that phrase, without reproach. uh, In the, the King James, and without reproach. Without reproach means he doesn't find fault with you. This is something, if we get our hearts invested in this, and this becomes established in our hearts, this will help us to pray with confidence. To, to have relationship with God with confidence. Because this is very important. This is very, very important. God is not a fault-finding God. Amen. Most of us feel like He is. Like He's got this list of things that you need to deal with in your life. And some of us pray like that. God, show me the things that, that you want me to deal with in my life. <laughs> show me what's wrong. He doesn't answer those prayers. I believe He wants us to improve and there's things that maybe you need to deal with and whatever. But the way He deals with things is different than the way we would deal with things. And that's a topic for another day. But this is saying that He is not a fault-finding God. Far too often we see Him as fault-finding. You know what? Let's step back for a moment. What is one of the indicators that we see God as fault-finding? It's a guilty conscience it's feeling condemned, it's feeling shame, especially when we pray. If you pray, and all of a sudden the first things that you, you pray about are, God I'm so sorry, I, I messed up again, or I did this, or I know I'm not doing as, as well as I should, Or if, if that's where you gravitate to as soon as you start worshipping, your heart is wrong, your view of God is wrong, you don't see God as the no fault finding God. A guilty conscience is an indicator of self-focus, not God-focus. It's in fact it's self-condemnation, and when we are more focused on ourselves and our um, shortcomings, we are disqualifying ourselves from receiving anything. And we should not disqualify ourselves because God has qualified us to receive. So look at Luke chapter 11. Verse 5 to 10, it says, <laughs> from the New King James, And he said to them, Which of you shall have a friend, and go to him at midnight, and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come on, this, uh, on um, his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. Now think about this, and you're maybe, maybe uh, let's assume all of us are sleeping at midnight. Okay, <laughs> Pretend, if you don't sleep at midnight, let's pretend that you're sleeping at midnight as well. Even if you're awake at midnight, you probably don't want to be bugged at midnight, right? Yeah. You, don't want to, you, don't, you, you, you don't want someone to, to come and just knock on your door and say, Hey, can I please anything? <laughs> you know. But think about it in terms of, let's say you're a good person. okay? Pretend for a moment that you're a good person. And let's pretend that you're also a good friend. If someone, a friend of yours that you love and that you care for, Knocks on your door at midnight and says, I really need something because a friend of mine's just arrived from Poor father. And you know, they, they need, like, I need to feed them something, and you know, the, the the shop is closed, I don't have anything. Do you have anything? You know, if you're really a good friend, you're gonna want to help. You're gonna do something. I know some people who wouldn't do something, they'd be like, What are you doing? But that's not true love, then that's self-censoredness. But if we're selfless in that situation, we're going to do something, right? So verse 7, and he will answer from within. Now, this is the friend inside. The friend will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are in bed with me. I cannot rise and give to you. That's not a good friend. How many of you want a friend like that? (laughs) We don't want a friend like that. the, The passion puts it like this. Why are you bothering me? The door is locked and my family and I are all in bed. Do you expect me to get up and give you our food? That's self-centeredness. Look at verse 8 in the New King James. It says, (coughs) I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence he will rise and give as many as he needs. Okay, the passion, which isn't up there, says, "I tell you, because of your shameless persistence, even though it's the middle of the night, your friend will get up out of his bed and give you all that you need." So, why are, What they are saying? Why would you, why would your friend give to you if you woke him up? Because you were persistent. Okay, that's what they're saying. It's like now, now we've established that this is a bad friend, right? Now what moves the bad friend to give? Persistence. Let me ask you a question. Is God a bad friend? Oh, wow. You know how many people teach this and say we need to bombard the gates of heaven. We need to be persistent. And then God will provide. We've made bracelets of it. Push. Pray until something happens. Okay, verse 9. So I say to you, Now, now Jesus is summing up this teaching. He's talking about this bad friend. We mustn't try and equate a bad friend with God, a good God. Don't equate a bad, don't relate them to each other. They're not anywhere together. We'll talk about parables maybe next week. And I'll pull that rug out from under you. (laughs) Verse 9. So I say to you, now Jesus is wrapping it up. Ask, and it will be given unto you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Now if you've got a different translation that you've read from, many of the translations get it very wrong here. I looked at a couple, and I didn't want to use King James because sometimes it's a bit difficult. But the King James brings across what the New King James here is bringing across. Many other translations say, so I say, ask and keep asking they're trying to bring in the persistence part of it because the translators of the, the, the that specific translation are putting their theology and their doctrine into the bible there and so they're messing it up for us and we get this impression that god is an unjust friend when uh, um, what is it an unkind friend who is waiting for us to bother him until he does something about it and and so then they put in the text there in verse 9, ask and keep on asking. You know, I checked it out in the Greek, and it doesn't bring that across. The only reason they bring it out is because of the, 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 the misunderstanding that God is like this, this bad friend. But God is not a bad friend, amen? amen? He's a good friend. And so in this teaching, Jesus is showing us that prayers are based on relationship. And, look at the verse 9 there, or verse 10, and 9. Prayers are always answered. Because ask, and you shall receive. Seek, you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened unto you. Okay? In this case, it's a friend that comes to a friend at midnight because he needed some food for his guests and had nothing to offer. A true friend would have risen and given what was needed. Because of their friendship. But in this case, the friend didn't want to act because of friendship. He acted because of persistence. persistence. Okay. The man was not ashamed to go to his friend at midnight. Think about that. The man wasn't ashamed to go to his friend at midnight and ask for help. But the unkind friend wasn't bothered. (laughs) He didn't respond because he was self-centered. Verse 8 there, in the, 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 the next slide. I tell you, because of your shameless persistence, even though it's the middle of the night, your friend will get up out of his bed and give you all that you need. Now, Jesus is teaching that if this bad friend failed to give on the basis of friendship, because he was shamelessly persistent, he would rise up and give him as much as he needed. He's showing us Firstly, that the friend wasn't ashamed and persisted. But we shouldn't take this now. And uh, firstly, let me say, there should never be shame in prayer. But secondly, we can't say God's this bad friend. Okay, God isn't like the friend who failed to honor the relationship. God will always honor the relationship that he has with you and the, uh, the relationship that he has with you is friend is child okay think about it And it's not on the screen but Matthew chapter 6 verse 25 it says don't worry about your life what you'll eat or drink or about your body or what you will wear is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes look at the birds of the air they do not sow nor reap nor store away in barns and yet your heavenly Father provides for them. How much more valuable are you? So it's saying that He provides for the birds and He created them. He's their creator. He provides for you based on your sonship because you're His child. And so prayer, provision, is based on relationship, not performance or anything else. Okay, God is the best friend you'll ever have. And He never sleeps. (laughs) Luke 11, verse 9. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks receives, and to him who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened unto you. Okay, the word shall in the King James. It's not in the New King James, but it says, So I say to you, ask and you shall receive. Okay, in the, New, in the New King James it says, and it will be given unto you. That and it will be given to you, or that shall, is a definite article implying a definite outcome. So it's like, this is most certainly going to happen. That's what it's saying. Okay, remember, God is not like the friend who failed to honor the relationship. When we ask Him, we receive. When we seek Him, we will find. When we knock, the door will be opened unto us. Now, you can't just take whatever your heart thinks about or desires and put it into this and say it's going to work. God, I want a Ferrari. We're not talking about that. okay? James even says, you have not because you ask not. And when you do ask, you don't have because you ask amiss. You're asking with the wrong motivation. You're asking in the wrong direction. So we've got to get our hearts focused on the right things if we're wanting to see the right results. Okay? This isn't just a, um, what do you call it, a a, a fail-proof prayer answer guarantee, whatever. It's nothing like that that we're talking about. We're talking about how to get in line with God's heart so that our prayers will always work. Okay? So here, he's teaching that God is good, And that when we ask, we shall receive. When we seek, we shall find. When we knock, the door shall be most certainly opened unto us. Luke chapter 11 carries on in verse 11 and 13. And it says, If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? What's the question? I mean, what's the answer to the question? No. No. Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? No. No. If he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? No. Okay, we're not talking about playing jokes now or anything like this. Because I might play some jokes on my sons. But if they're hungry, I'm not going to give them something that could hurt them. Okay. Verse 13. If you then being evil, knowing how to give... You being evil compared to your, your good heavenly father... You're not, he's not saying you are evil. He's saying you evil compared to your good Heavenly Father. He's trying to show you how much gooder God is than you. Okay? If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So we need to be established in the truth that God is a giving God and He's always good. He's never withholding. Okay, Jesus is telling us here that the good father gives the right things to his children. So if you're asking for the right thing, you'll get it. If you're asking for the wrong thing, it's not prayer. Okay. No good father gives a serpent to his child instead of a fish, or a stone for bread, or a scorpion for an egg. Jesus here is emphasizing that that, that like I said. The, the, the earthly father is not as good as the good, good, good heavenly father by calling the earthly father evil. Okay, How much more shall God give to his righteous children? So Jesus isn't teaching on pray until something happens. He's not saying persistent. It's not wrong to pray twice. That's not bombarding the gates of heaven. Many people have this impression of I'm, I'm shaking God's throne to try and get him to move. It's not, not that. God is not sleeping. God is not needing to be woken up by us and shouting and all of that stuff. We need to be convinced of the goodness of God. We need to be convinced of God not withholding from us. We need to be convinced that God is wanting to move in our lives more than we want Him to move in our lives. And when we are convinced of that, we're not going to beg. We're not going to plead. We're not going to be like, oh God, please, I promise I'll do this and I promise I'll do that. That's the prayer of an unbeliever. That's a prayer of a believer who doesn't know the nature and goodness of God. That's not, the, that's not a prayer of faith. A prayer of faith, number one, is confident in the goodness of God. A prayer is, uh, 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 the prayer of faith is confident in the nature of God, that He's a generous God. And the prayer of faith is confident that I don't have to convince God. Sometimes, I'm sure you've heard someone, not us, but you've heard someone trying to convince God in prayer. God, you know how bad the situation is. And please, would you do something, Father, if it's your will? That's not faith. That's confusion. And it comes from not knowing the Word, not being established in the truth. Amen? So when we pray it's important that we think about who we're praying to, we think about our words, and we realize, like, I can pray boldly and confidently because I know who I'm praying to. And I know His heart for me. Amen? So, Father, I just want to thank You right now for Your goodness, that we would just right now focus in on how much You love us, Father. That we would focus in on your generosity in giving the best gift of all, Jesus, of giving yourself for us, so that we could be free from sin. I thank you, Father, that we, we realize like the gift of eternal life that you've given us, that it would cause a boldness in us to rise up to ask for these lesser, important things, unimportant things, and uh, 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 seemingly unimportant compared to the gift of eternal life. And that we would just also then just step out of being needs-based in our prayers and step into relationship, into fellowship with you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Just think about it for a moment. I want to ask maybe three people just to come up and and share something that stood out for you. Something that does striking for you before we, we go into a time of ministry. But just think about it for a moment. What stood out for you? And if you've got something, then just come up now and uh, share it with us. What blessed you? What stood out for you? Go for it. God's grace is just because here, the cross can never go away. That's good. It's a It's always, it's, done, it's, it's finished with us. There's nothing more that needs to get it's done. More, it's nothing more that needs to get Just believing just what, just what he's ready. already done. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Someone else? Jamie? Um, we said it last week and a bit today, um, but we have power in heaven or like the effect mm. of heaven. Good. Someone else? Last one? Go for it, Malcolm. Yeah, I just think for me what it is, is like we believe that what is it, sort of like this model, and then you want to say like, I lose praise, I do like, it's like, and like, we get, and it's called relationship. Mm-hmm. That is a principle, that is a principle. It's about relationship, about I need this, I need this, I need this. It's good. It's not about, yeah, it's about relationship. A lot of people see God like a slot machine. It's like you're putting something in and you're pulling the lever and let's see what happens and it's not like that you know God's not a machine um, you know he's not an inanimate object that we need to put the right code in and then something happens he's got a heart and he's compassionate towards us and he loves us I mean whatever problem you're going through or whatever challenge you're facing he's wanting to give you the wisdom and he's wanting to give, release the power or whatever it is that needs to happen more than you're wanting in that situation I mean, that's really awesome. That's really awesome. A lot of the time, we just haven't asked for the wisdom. We haven't tapped into that power. We haven't spoken to the mountain, the problem, and and trusted for things to change. So let's stand up together. Before we close, we just want to have a bit of a a time of of ministry. So just close your eyes and just pray. Pray in the Spirit if you're praying in the Spirit. And just ask God to speak to you. I believe for, for some, God is um, even going to speak a word of direction to you personally. Don't expect it from the front, but I believe he's wanting to speak to you personally where you are. Leandria, are you feeling unsettled about this? something and decisions that need to be made or something like that unsettled in any way is that a nod or a yes father i just thank you right now that whatever leandre is feeling unsettled about i thank you that we can ask right now for the wisdom that she needs to make any decisions that she needs or or just to be settled on the right thing i just speak peace to your heart Right now, Leandre, and I just declare you have got the wisdom of God in you because like uh, the end of 1 Corinthians uh, 1 says, Christ has become your wisdom. So I thank you, Father, because she has Christ. I thank you that she's got the wisdom that she needs. And so right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for fruitfulness in her mind to know what needs to happen. But I also thank you, Father, for peace in her heart. kind of feel like at times it's even been a bit of torment associated with that and I just right now just speak a release over you from that torment and from that whatever that issue is that there would be no torment associated with it anymore but that there would just become a supernatural overwhelming peace in the name of Jesus. Thank you Father. I really also just felt like For for us as a group, there's a number of people here who you're struggling with fear. If that's you, just put put up your hands in front of you as a way of receiving from God. Just put it up in front of you. It doesn't matter what the fear is, but I just feel like there's a number of people that fear is holding you back from, from faith. Fear is holding you back from your destiny. And as much as you want fear to let go of you, I believe you need to let go of fear. I think that's the word from, from the Lord for you tonight. is Don't wait for fear to let go of you. Don't try and pray for fear to let go of you. You need to let go of fear. You've got the, 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 the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling in you. You've, the greater one lives in you. And so if that's you, you speak to that fear. You tell it to go and you choose to believe what the word says. He hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. In the name of Jesus, you are free from fear. Fear, Whatever the fear is right now, just see it in your mind and let it go. Picture it like a balloon and you just pop it. (laughs) Because you are greater than fear. You are bigger than whatever fear could come against you. thank you Jesus. If anyone else has a word, you're welcome to come up. But while you you're you're just processing that for you Anthea, I just felt like God just saying that he yeah you, you 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 can hear his voice and I believe you've been hearing his voice and you've been receiving words from him and stuff, but I believe he's wanting you to step out in giving words to other people more. I just felt like him just saying to you like hey, I've I've there's there's a relationship that you've got with him that is so special. And so uh, uh, God's wanting to overflow in that and being fruitful towards those around you. And Anthony, I just feel like he's just saying, you know, I put words on your heart to unlock people's destinies, to unlock their miracles. You need to just, you don't have to do it from the pulpit always, but just gently just share what God's put on your heart with people. Don't hold back. And Father, I just thank you that she can hear your voice. She does know your voice. And I thank you that a boldness rises up from within her to be able to minister and share and love on people and encourage them more and more and more. In the name of Jesus, I also feel God saying that as you do that, that gift is going to grow. The gift is going to grow. Thank you, Father. someone looking for a place to stay Sumi I forgot about you <laughs> anyone else looking for a place to stay there we go Aiden, Father I thank you right now for Aiden and for Sumi looking for a place to stay and I thank you that you give them the wisdom that they need I just feel like God saying don't try and make a decision before you need to make a decision this applies to both of you don't try and make a decision before you need to make a decision keep just seeking just keep knocking on doors and and you'll find that uh, uh, the, the right thing will open up to you but but i believe him just saying you know just just you, you need to just hear from him but don't stress about this father i thank you for peace in their hearts clarity in their minds and that they would just make the right decision I think that they would just have a confidence as they do knowing that you are with them and you're giving them the wisdom that they need for that decision thank you father anyone else got something you're welcome up Thank you Father I just have this picture it will apply to many of us but it's specifically for you uh, Julius and for Sean and it's just this picture of an archer you know picking up the bow and, and having the arrow and just like pulling it back and just shooting. And I just feel like the Lord is specifically saying like, you know, you're only as good at shooting as you, you know, the practice and the investment that's gone into it is. And he's called you to this. It's not whatever it is that you're needing to be aiming at. You need to, you need to just go for it. You you can't wait for the right opportunity. You need to go for it. Pick up the bow, pick up the arrows and, and go. You know, yes, you'll get better and better as you go with it. But whatever it is, I thank you, Father, that you give them the wisdom that they need in stepping out at the right times in whatever this gift is or whatever this thing is. And I thank you that they will see fruitfulness as they do. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And in a situation like this, it's easy to kind of just listen to what's happening up at the front and and not engage because uh, 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 it's easier. But, you know, God is speaking to you And so, you know, I want to encourage you, like if you put something on your heart, go and give it to someone as we have tea and and all that. Like go and step out and just share that word of encouragement with someone. Ask them if you can pray for them. Don't hold back because God wants us as a body to minister to each other. He doesn't want us to hold back. (coughs) But before we, 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 we close, I just want to invite you just to allow God to speak to you right now. So let's just take a moment. Father, I thank you that you speak to each one of us and you just give us, you share with us what we need to know now, but you also give us something to be able to encourage someone else in. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Janesh, I don't know what exactly this means, but I just have a picture of a pencil and like it's, it's needing to get sharpened or it's, it's being put in the, the electric sharpener. And um, I just feel like God's saying there's times when you need to sharpen your tool, when you need to sharpen your pencil. Um, and uh, I don't believe it necessarily just applies to your career, but I feel like it applies to a number of things where he's just saying, hey, you, you, when it's time to take time just to sharpen your tool, sharpen your, uh, uh, your gift in whatever area, go for it. Because there's much more that he's got for you than what you're tapping into right now. So Father, I thank you, whatever that is that Janesh is needing to sharpen up on or step into, take some time maybe just to invest into that area. I thank you that he'll know it, he'll have the wisdom that he needs and he'll go for it. That you're providing the way for that to happen, Father. I thank you for them as a couple, for Janesh and for Leandri. And I thank you, Father, for wisdom to be overflowing among them in their relationship and in the decisions that they need to make. And I just speak blessing over them. I speak peace. And I just command life to manifest in them and through them in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for a fruitfulness in many different areas. Life in Jesus' name. I just feel like God's just saying you know, that, that, that there's so much joy that He's just wanting to unlock right now for you guys. Like the, 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 You've been holding yourselves back and things have been holding you back from experiencing joy. And I just feel like I'm saying, hey, there's more coming. There, you've experienced a little bit of joy maybe, but there's so much more joy coming. Thank you, Father, that you just, just help them to, to see that and experience joy amidst everything no matter what the circumstances are. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Someone been getting headaches? Jamie, anyone else? Julius? Little bits? Okay, lay hands on little bits over here. Uh, Malcolm, put your hand on Julius. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you right now. That whatever's causing these headaches, we just command it to stop in Jesus name and we release life In Jesus name right now pain discomfort stop Doesn't matter if it's a bigger problem than it should be or if it's just a minor problem in Jesus name these headaches these migraines stop now In Jesus name. Thank you father Whatever is wrong, we command you to be rectified, be made right, and be whole right now in Jesus' name. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.co. And if you're ever in the Cape Town area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.co.